Hello, 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 and welcome to our podcast, The Inspire Club. This podcast is supported by Waggle. Uh, Waggle is an agile employer voice platform that measures and improves engagement, and we would like to thank you for them, their support throughout 2020. You may recognize me if you've listened to any of the other um, in our series of Inspire Club. I am your host today, Ruth Dance, and I will be sharing the duties with all of our team at Inspiring Workplaces as we interview some incredible people from all over the world. And if you want to know exactly who I am, I am the Managing Director of the Inspiring Workplaces Academy. I come with a disclaimer today, I'm sure like most people do in 2020, um, that I do have a four-year-old and my twin 12-month-olds running around the house, um, a floor below me. So if anyone thinks that they can hear a baby crying, I can promise you it's not you, it's definitely in this house. Um, Okay, so like in the 1990s classic Fight Club, we have one rule. For those of you that have listened to Inspire Club before, you will now know that rule. And our one and only rule is that each guest must share a story of one person that has inspired them along the way. We really want to put out positivity into the world and thank someone who maybe had no idea. Ideally, it may be a past colleague, but it could be anyone from outside of the world of work. Okay, that is enough for me. I really like, I'm really excited to introduce you to our guest. I adore chatting to this person every week, and I'm just really excited that actually today we're just going to record it and share it all with you. So, our guest today is Sonia Stocker. Sonia is the woman you need for all things transformation. She absolutely knows her stuff when it comes to transformation and people transformation. Certainly a subject that I'm sure people are going to be looking for um, over the next uh, uh, a few months as, we, as, as companies are transforming. Um, Sonia, or Son as I like to call her, thrives on translating ideas into actionable plans. She's got this incredible career that spans from property to broadcast media and has even spent time working working in politics. She is incredible at developing visions and strategies and turning them into a reality for organizations and helping to create those really great experiences for their people. Most recently, um, I had the pleasure of having Son speak at one of our events when she was working at BT, which is the British Telecoms organization, based here in the UK, which is where we are today. And there she was the change and engagement program lead, um, working on all things workplace change. Son, it's time for you to say hello. Hello, how are you? Hello, hello, I'm very well. Gosh, that makes me sound like a grown-up, doesn't it? That intro. <laughs> oh, we try, we try. <laughs> I'm gonna play along, I'm gonna play along today. So, Son, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna go straight in with our first and only rule of our not fight club, inspire club. <laughs> um, please can you share a story with me of um, one person who has inspired you in the world of work and tell us why. So when I was thinking about this question, the name that sprung to mind wasn't one that I think about very often, actually, Um, but it's a guy called Barry Mansfield. Barry Mansfield was um, a program manager many moons ago when I worked for NTL, as it was then, Virgin Media now. Um, And I worked on, I actually went there as an office angel, for those who are old enough to remember those people, um, doing some data entry for Channel 5. Clearly, they get paying me for five days. It only took two. So I said, look, I'll go home and find a job. 
for the other three days. And they said, no, 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 we're doing this thing called digital cable in the UK. You can come and help us. So I ended up in this little room with this program manager. And it turns out this bloke had built the Barcelona Olympics, the broadcast, uh, the broadcast area for it. And um, he took me under his wing and taught me. And I think for me, as an early 20-something, it was mind-blowing. And he taught me to believe in myself. And so very soon after I went to work for Barry uh, and building this encoding suite, as it was at the time, he decided that he was going to go away for a few days and leave me on my own and have like £100,000 worth of kit delivered that I needed to commission. I read politics at university. So looking at this £100,000 encoder was terrifying. Anyway, I worked out how to use it. I built a great relationship with this guy. It turned out to be a real pain in the bum to this salesman because I asked so many questions. But Barry taught me to believe in me and, and the project went on to be a success. So, yeah, and, and he was just really matter-of-fact about it, no ego. And I learned a lot from that experience. And it stayed with you as well. Yeah, it's really stayed with me my whole life because – I never thought I would be good at anything like that. And he taught me that if you either didn't have time to think about it, which I didn't, and put your mind to it and committed yourself to something, which I also did, actually great things could happen. Amazing. And have you told him? I told him at the time. Do you know what? Funnily enough, Ruth, I've looked for that guy all over the internet, LinkedIn and so on and so forth. Barry didn't really like being in the limelight back in the day. I suspect that he's well and truly retired and is hiding from social media now. But I've got friends still in that from those old days. So if anybody still knows him and is listening today, tell Barry I love him. Oh, anyone, if anyone knows him, tell, tell him Sonia loves him. <laughs> oh, right. Next up, next up, Sonia. One theme we... we um, keep with everything that we do and one thing we really strive for is helping people to really understand their my why so what is your my why what are the things what is your purpose what drives you on a daily basis do you know what it changes but overarching everything is I particularly in the last three years have been really committed to understand myself without sounding too cheesy life's such a gift and there's only one opportunity, really, to do stuff with it. And I feel, I just feel like I don't want to waste it. And that drives me. And sometimes that absolutely can be unhelpful because I push myself when actually it might not be time to be doing anything. It might be just time to be. But a lot of the time it enables me to just enjoy every conversation that I have. I can certainly agree with that. So your your my why is to learn more about yourself and push yourself. Yeah, and, and when you repeat that back, it sounds kind of, from my perspective, not your intended uh, input, I'm sure, but it might sound a bit egotistical to people, but the only thing that we have control over is ourselves, right? And with that in mind, if I can do everything I can to enjoy being me, to understand me and to make good choices, then everything else will follow, I guess, is where my head's kind of at at the moment. 
Yeah. And I think that's great. And I think a lot of us could learn a lot from you doing that and from that being your purpose. I think that's amazing, Sonia. What's the, um, what's the best experience at work you've ever had? You know what? The best experience I've ever had at work was kind of, um, an out of work trip, if you like. So not really in the spirit of being in well and truly in the workplace. But some years ago, I was asked by my boss to go and do some due diligence in India. And it was and still remains the most amazing workplace experience of my career. And actually formed a lot of my thinking and thought leadership I think in terms of what I saw out there because I visited five cities in two weeks up and down the country brownfield sites greenfield sites visited and you know and saw really a country I mean I'm Indian myself but I'd never been to India my family are from Africa and and, but apart from the cultural mind-blowingness of it all in terms of work ethic and workplace I don't know, commitment. It was a different world from where London was at and the UK was at. Um, And this was back in, I don't know, let's say 2005, 2006. And I learned a lot about people, different industries. And also, you know, I was whatever I was at the time, you know, 20 something. And I learned a lot about me. You know, I went out there, my boss was a VP in, in LA I was here in the UK. I flew out and met a business analyst that I'd only ever worked with on the phone um, over in LA. And the two of us traveled together and had the most insane experiences from people jumping out of the back of Jeeps to collect us with machine guns through to people putting, um, I don't know, putting necklaces around our necks and, and painting patterns on the floor to welcome us to their organizations. Um, I also... Uh, culturally, you know, I've grown up in an industry that is um, has a lot of male bias, and it was no different over there, um, except that it was combined with some cultural norms that are not kind of normal here, and I needed to learn how to deal with that. How do I still show up as the best version of me? How do I get what I need out of this meeting and this conversation? And really look at the person opposite me and not want to pop them on the nose. Yeah, wow. So learning about like the similarities in workplace, even though they're wildly different cultures, but then also learning about the different cultures sounds incredible. You've made me want to go and travel around India now, particularly workplaces around India. Let's go. I'm sure it looks like, look, we're like 10, 15 years on now. I'm going to go back. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for getting out of your own workplace, right? Even even if you can do that within the same city that you live in and going and seeing more diverse workplaces and people and um, broadening your mindset on things to have learnings. 100%. And I think also, you know, no matter how much we think that we're open-minded and we're liberal and we like change and so on and so forth you know, human beings are creatures of habit. And when you look at these other workplaces and you look at how people behave and you look at the stuff that they do and you listen to the way they talk, it's so inspiring. You know, there were some organisations that at Technicolor and the organisations I was visiting, we didn't do dissimilar work, but we both did it in such different ways. And actually, you know, some of these 
guys, you'd be in the middle of Mumbai and all of a sudden all the workstations, everything would go off and then all of a sudden a generator would kick in and that wouldn't be unfamiliar, but people's attitude to it and how they worked was incredible. So you learn a lot about physical workspace and the impact that it could have on people, but you also learn about attitudes and how do you shape behavior in a workplace. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Speaking of like shaping behavior and the workplaces right now, and you've touched a little bit on that kind of physical workspace. Um, I just, I'm really interested to know what you think is a key or prominent or major workplace priority right now. Do you know what, Ruth? Next time we speak, which will probably be after Christmas now, I'd love to have a conversation with you about this because I think that we would really come up with some interesting stuff and maybe, you know, go out and do some stuff on this because I honestly don't know what organisations are thinking at the moment. I think for me, my ambition would be that they recognise that the world really is different. You know, this isn't whilst what we will experience in 2020 is unique and it is a moment in time. It's a moment in time that is going to impact us and the workplace forevermore. So for me, I think the workplace priorities are twofold. One is leadership and absolutely getting that right because we know now that presenteeism, if we didn't, if we, if we had a problem with it before, we definitely know it's useless now. Um, so you need leaders that you respect and therefore you will follow. And the other thing is, is really having kind of a vision and a purpose that people understand. I was thinking about this the other day and I was thinking, you know, there's well-established organizations out there who have worked for years and years and years on having a clear vision and a strategy and a purpose and a tagline that everybody buys into. And probably through this year, they've been able to fly off the back of that. And continue to, you know, have some stickiness to it in terms of engagement and their people. But what happens when that runs out? Because building it from scratch, remote, when most people are working remotely, is not going to be easy. So what are they doing to build on it and develop it? So I think for me, the priorities are really, you know, A, having solid, very human leadership. And two, really establishing or maintaining your vision and purpose. and really simple strategies and objectives and boring things like KPIs that enable people to feel like they're progressing. Yeah, yeah, I would completely agree with that. Leadership's actually been a really key theme and we've been asking people this question, but not just leadership or leadership skills or leadership capabilities, but a shift in how our leaders lead um, because everything else has shifted. So how we lead um, through that is going to be really important. San, what's the best advice you have ever been given? And you did touch on this, but it may not be, it may not be Barry Barry Mansfield. Um, It may not be Barry, but it may, it may well be, but what's the best advice you've ever been given? And tell us, who was it? I think there are two bits of advice that I've been given in my career that stick in my head. One is, I'll make you chuckle because it's very um, functional, which is to always ask someone to reread your copy for you. Um, (laughs) uh, See, I knew that one. So at Sky, I worked for a guy called Nick Green and an amazing woman called um, Bella Woolamos. And they both came from kind of internal comms PR background. And I got short attention span and you know you'd write something and you'd send it out 
And I learned very quickly that if I didn't reread it, there would be a problem. And so we'd always take it in turns to read each other's work. And it would be Murphy's Law that the one time that I didn't reread something, I would be writing to one of them. Um, and you don't do that twice. So I think that people that definitely was some good advice. And the other thing, which is more an emotional thing, is to back yourself. And it was actually, I mean, look, it's it's a common phrase. Loads of people say it. My brother says it to me all the time. Um, and I think that, you know, that is critical because there are a few things that are black and white. But knowing your own head, getting your story straight and backing the decision that you make. And that doesn't mean you don't have the humility to acknowledge that you might have, you know, misjudged something or done something wrong. But if you don't back yourself and go in with full commitment in the first place, it's not going to be good. Yeah, that's an, that's an excellent piece of advice. I got given something very similar before. It was more around why are you doubting yourself? You you doubt yourself, you put doubt in everyone else's minds too. 100%. Yeah, yeah, that was probably a really good piece of advice. But uh, this isn't the podcast on asking Ruth. This is this is the podcast on asking Sonia. Yeah. Excellent, excellent piece of advice. Um, I know it's been a really, really stressful year for for you, for me, for, for all of us, probably. Um, and it's definitely um, a theme of what's going on right now. Um, what do you do to combat stress? Um, one thing I do that's practical is I cook. I cook a lot and I eat a lot. Um, and I don't exercise very much. You sound just like me. We should get cooking together when we're when we're allowed. Oh my gosh, Ruth! This is what I do. I I tell my husband if I've had a really stressful day at work or a really stressful day with the kids, he says, "Ruth, go and sit down and have a glass of wine." I'm like, "No, I would rather chop and cook." There you go, a hundred percent right. Now get this. I don't know if it's a cultural thing. We need to explore this in another conversation. But um, what happened interestingly in lockdown was, so I cook a lot. Um, I post pictures of food and all of that kind of stuff. And um, there's a community that I'm part of called Remarkable Women. And we did um, a free TV show or TV shows, I should say, uh, Facebook Live things um, for about a month, I think it was, in the end. And I was asked if I would do... Um, FaceTime live cooking, Facebook live cooking, I should say. And so I did that. And I kid you not, right? Because cooking is just something that's normal for me. Grew up with a big Indian family. You learn to cook, you cook, I eat. I worry about how much I eat and all of that good stuff. Never thought anybody else would be remotely interested. There's people commenting from all around the world. And um, I might do another one before Christmas. But it became a really big thing. And actually, what was joyous for me was that it was joyous for other people. And my daughter, I've got two kids, one's eight, one's 13. And my 13-year-old, she, my husband would film me. My 13-year-old Mia would um, sit at the laptop and she'd be at the Mac answering people's questions and doing stuff. And I just felt so bloody cool. And I just thought, wow. Oh, and it's such a family affair. And you get to eat it at the end. I know, I know, I know, right? So so cooking for sure. Um, and then the other thing for me is probably, and I'm not brilliant at this, but I've been trying and I'm getting better, is taking time to understand the stressor. So be, one thing I've learned about stress is if you don't deal with it, it doesn't go away. It will manifest in your foot or in your head, or in your elbow, if it doesn't manifest in your emotions, obviously. 
So actually, rather than running away from stuff, I've started to get a bit inquisitive and ask myself, why am I stressed out? What is causing that? Why is that thing irritating me? And so on and so forth. And I read a lot and reading helps too. Um, And I read books that people have written that either articulate, I don't know, experiences that I've had or people who are shed loads wiser than me so that I can keep learning. I just, I, I'm just hearing you constantly coming back to your my why, your purpose, this, this drive to understand yourself more and to understand yourself to be better. So it's, um, it's amazing to just to hear it as you're talking as well. If you could, um, if you could swap jobs with anyone right now, who would it be? Boris Johnson. <laughs> so for our international audience he is currently the leader of the UK our prime minister why would you swap jobs with him Sonia oh where to start I would swap jobs with him because I would like the opportunity to see inside the day of or the week of or the month of to look at what the quick fixes were what we could do differently. You know, I'm not trying to be political about this. Um, I've written to politicians before asking if I could coach them. Um, And it's not because I think I could do better than them or I think I've got the answers. I don't like to understand the problems better. Mm. Why Why is everything so complicated? Because wouldn't it be wonderful if it was easier? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we understood lockdown rules? Wouldn't it be wonderful if... If, if. So, yeah, without professing to know more, certainly not politically, I would love to be Boris for a day and just figure out how he spends his time and, um, you know, what we could do differently. Yeah. So on that theme, because he is a because he is the leader of the political party running our country at the moment. Um, what do you think? And this may not be about Boris, but what do you think is the most important quality that a leader can have? Such a hard question. I think there are loads of things. I think for me, one of the things that I admire, or or the two things hand in hand that I admire from an amazing leader are them being inquisitive and being humble. Mm -hmm. So intelligent people that are inquisitive and humble Often I've seen them, like Bella was a great example of that, make really great choices because they're not doing it from a place of ego. They're doing it from a place of insight. For me, those two things are really, really important. And and I think that's really tough in the world that we live in today because the pace is so fast. It doesn't make it easy. So you constantly have to kind of challenge yourself on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're such good qualities, such good qualities. I'm going to change it up a little bit now. I'm going to take it a little bit out of the workplace so we can find out a little bit more about who Son is, okay? So, Son, if you were a teacher, what would you teach? I would teach how to be human. Oh, nice. I would come to your lessons. Oh, I love you. (laughs) But that's what I would do. I would come and they would be interactive sessions so I could learn from you how to be human. How to to be human for humans. Totally. Are you an early bird or a night owl? I used to be an early bird. I'm neither anymore. I'm not very good at being Oh, (laughs) a daytime daytime person. 
Morning, if anything, <laughs> definitely. Okay. Um, music. What songs do you like to listen to or what songs do you put on when you really need it? So, so many. But let's go for the Arctic Monkeys, Are You Mine? Okay. And what is the funniest thing, if you can keep it as clean as possible, what is the funniest thing that's happened to you recently? Listen to this. You're going to love this story. So um, I accidentally sent an old work colleague and very good friend of mine from British Telecom who happens to head up the strategy for the, the property stuff there, I accidentally sent her some deodorant last week. <laughs> How do you accidentally send someone some deodorant? I'd ordered myself some deodorant. And um, and what happened was the last place that I – she's it was her birthday and she's moved into a new house. And the last person I'd sent a gift to from such web, this website was her. And I sent her a beautiful candle and then followed it up with a roll-on antiperspirant. person <laughs> didn't turn up. And so I was like, what the heck's happened? And then figured out that I'd sent it to her. So I sent her an apology. Very, It's too long a story to share now, but the hilarious thing was because um, – it turned up as a gift. It was anonymous. She couldn't work out who it was from. So she wrote to the organization and said, who sent this? And in the end, she thought she, she loves a bit of exercise to Susie. And in the end, she thought some girlfriends at Peloton had sent it to her, inferring that she smelled bad. Oh, no. Oh, no. Brilliant, isn't it? You can write it. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, my goodness. I don't know what I would do if I had some deodorant gifted just arrive anonymously. I know. I was like, keep it. Use it. It's amazing. Yeah, and you don't smell. I love you. Talk to you about what you're like around the house. I'm pretty sure you don't leave cooking to hope that someone else will do it. But are there jobs that you really don't like doing around the house, Son? Nah, not really. Not really. I'll do anything. Cooking's the favourite, though. Okay. And what about films? Are you watching Christmassy films at the moment? Does it, about, you know, we're just a matter of days away from Christmas or what? what's your favourite film? I don't have a favourite film because I fall asleep in films a lot. <laughs> um, what I'm getting better at now is um, kind of episodic stuff. So I've just finished watching The Undoing, um, which is absolutely brilliant if you've not seen it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really good. Um, what's something you've done and you would never, ever do that again? That was really hard, that question. I honestly don't know. I'm really reticent to say, even in a even in a funny way, that I wouldn't do something again because I'm quite clumsy and I might accidentally end up doing it again anyway. <laughs> so nothing that you've got any major regrets no, over there. I think so. Oh, that's good. That's a nice place to be. Um, what's the best place in the world you've ever visited? Sri Lanka. Oh, I'd love to go to Sri Lanka. You know what we're going to do when we retire is we're going to go on a little cooking trip to Sri Lanka. Oh, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it, wouldn't be it? Maybe, maybe, we could, maybe we could just pop and see a few workplaces. No, we will have retired. We will have retired. But yeah. But we'll still be interested in people. It'll be fun. People are just amazing, and it's such a beautiful country. And yeah, I'd love to go back. If, if anyone wants any um, two women that love cooking, yeah, to come and do a work a, work, a workplace visit, and would like um, us over at inspiring workplaces to come and visit you on an all expenses paid trip to Sri Lanka, um, just let us know. Yeah, yeah, totally. We're up for it.
um and my final question for you son you'll be glad to know that the grilling is over (laughs) who would you like to nominate to come on inspire club podcast do you know what i was trying to think about this and i think that there's a guy i don't know if you've ever heard of him called bobby duffy he sounds bobby um bobby duffy yeah he sounds like um he was in dallas once but he wasn't he um is director of the Policy, Inst- Policy Institute at King's College. Um, in London. In London. And um, if anybody knows um, or has heard of Ipsos Murray, who do a lot of research as well, he was um, he was leader there prior to that. And he wrote a book uh, a couple of years ago, I think now, maybe even last year, I'm not sure, called The Perils of Perception. And he's one of these people that is an academic, but is also really inspirational to listen to and I would love so perils of perception was about you know what we think that this is this and actually our perception leads us to believe that something is really true when actually factually if you looked at it statistically it's not true at all um and I would love to talk to him about his predictions for workplace and the world in the years ahead he sounds so interesting. We are going to have to hunt him down and um, ask him to join us on Inspire Club. And you've made him sound so interesting. I'm sure all our listeners are so keen to hear from him as well. So, Bobby Duffy, we're coming for you. Oh, Son, I've absolutely, I, like I said at the beginning, I always love chatting to you. And I've actually really loved that this chat. And, I, and every time I think I know you, I learn something new as well. So, thank you so much for being part of our inspire club podcast and i'm sure everyone's going to really enjoy listening to you um so a huge huge thank you i um just want to end really um because this um we're, we're nearly at christmas time here um and we will be kicking off in january on the 20th of january 2021 we are holding the workplace inspire thumb We're going to be staying up for 24 hours as we travel the world, starting at 8.30 in Sydney, and then we're going to move into speakers that we have lined up in Singapore, Johannesburg, London, New York City, and we're going to end in San Francisco at 3.30pm local time there. It's a free event. You don't have to attend the whole 24 hours if you don't want to. You can just join for bits during your daytime, or depending on what time of day you like to be up. And you can also catch everything else on demand, but it's called the Workplace Inspirathon on January the 20th so um, if you're listening to our podcast um, and it is not yet January 20th which it's not then um, I would um, love 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 to see you at the event Sonia I can't thank you enough for giving up your time and chatting and letting me record it this time so oh, you're thank you welcome. so much thank you for inviting me thank you oh you you are welcome too thank you to everyone for listening stay tuned we'll have more episodes released very soon Thanks again, everyone, and bye.